Welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, where we are just a guy and a girl who just love to share our perspectives on sports, sports highlights, sports topics, and all of the above. And you can find a new episode every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central. Yeah, so make sure you're tuning in, and even when you're not tuning in, make sure you're following along with our social media accounts. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram. They are both GG Talk Sports, so make sure you're tuning in over there. We like to post lots of polls and start conversation over there as well. So head on over there, and while you're listening, make sure you give us a review, subscribe, stay up to date with all the newest episodes. Let's get into today. So let's start covering off on some of the big highlights over the last few days a lot has happened. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a whirlwind in terms of information and just trying to like actually process and really think about if this is going to be good moves, bad moves. I know. Really, what what the heck's going on? The biggest one is definitely still in the NFL, the coaching changes that have all been happening. Coaches have been getting hired after a lot of coaches had been fired, and there's been some interesting picks from teams on who their new head coach is going to be. So in my personal opinion, they're kind of controversial picks. Well, some of them. Some yeah. of them I think are actually really, really good and strategic. Some of them I'm like, holy crap, what what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> but all right, let's get into it real quick. So the Cowboys, who do they hire? So the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, which I think is probably one of the more controversial picks that you're referring to. They hired him after interviewing maybe only two or three potential coaches. And Yeah, I think he, maybe just one. And then they had so. a time lined up and then just... Swooped him. him, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like we watched the press conference that Mike McCarthy had, and he clearly said that Jerry Jones insisted that he had to be the coach of the Cowboys. So I think that Jerry Jones probably already had this person in his mind and was set on it. Um, and I don't know that I super love the pick for Do you them. think it's because he's always came into Jerry's world and, like, ruined his world that day whenever they play the Packers? Because, I mean, if you think about it, they always have kind of played the Packers pretty well. Yeah, I know. I think... It, I mean, I'm sure he just respects him as a coach, and he knows that he does have the capability to take them to the playoffs, to win them a Super Bowl. He has a track record of doing so, so I get that part of it. But at the same time, he's been out of the coaching world for an entire season. He didn't even coach this year. Um, Also, he ended at the Packers not on a high note. He got fired. Let's just say it. He got fired. He got kicked out. But I just have one point that I want to make at the end of this. So who's the Panthers' new hire? What do you think of this one? Matt Rule from Baylor got really, really... I mean, let's just say this up front. They paid $6 million to get him out of Baylor. I know, which is crazy. Which is crazy in itself. But then they went even past the $6 million mark to pay him, get him out of Baylor. They then signed him to, was it a six-year or seven-year? I don't remember. Either way, six- or seven-year contract for $60 million with the potential to make 70-plus. If he succeeds potentials and just does well and makes it to the playoffs and probably wins the Super Bowl, which right. I don't think, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I want to see who his team is first before yeah. I make any predictions or like say he's going to be a flop because what he has been able to do in terms of success at Temple and then go to Baylor and turn them around, I mean, it speaks volumes towards him as a coach yeah, and him I as agree. a person. So I don't. It's just an interesting one altogether. I think there was a lot of conversation about teams hiring from college football, and I don't think that he was really on anybody's radar for consideration. So So it was a bit of a shock, but at the same time, the style of offense he ran at Baylor could be a good fit for Carolina, like you said, depending on who the team is. If they have Cam, obviously they have Christian McCaffrey, so it could fit well, but still, that one's super up in the air for me too. Yeah, I think it's a really... That was a really ballsy decision, in my personal opinion. Like, that was just, they jumped in, they think they found their guy, 
but once again, my point at the whole end of this thing, we'll kind of reiterate why I'm not saying anything yet. Okay. But let's jump to the Giants. Who did they hire? So the Giants hired Joe Judge. Which Who? Who? Who's <laughs> yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> hey, he, success though. Low key success. Low key success. So he is a wide receivers and special teams coach at the Patriots, which. I think if anybody is a coach at the Patriots, they've had good experience. They've been put through a lot of training, and they've been held to high expectations just as being part of the Patriots organization. So it is a little interesting that he doesn't have any experience as, like, an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Yeah, Yeah, he's special teams, but as great as special teams is, that's not the biggest responsibility on the team. Yeah, and he's had great special teams. Let me just say that. He's been... Oh, yeah. I mean, his special teams have been really, really top-notch and helped them win Super Bowls, but you're right. Yeah, it's not the same kind of experience as, like, an offensive coordinator or another previous head coach, even in college or in the NFL. So I think it was just an interesting pick. But then it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the episode where we did talk about the coaching carousel, about how we thought the Giants needed to hire somebody young, somebody who had a lot of energy, um, and somebody who could just totally come in and change it up. So, I mean, maybe that's clearly what they're expecting him to do. So, Well, he was, he. was I mean, he's been with Nick Saban. Yeah. He's been with Belichick. I mean, those are two goats in their own respective categories, one in college, one in the NFL level. So, I think that just having that background, that knowledge, that coaching from them, he can't be that big of a flop. But then again, you never he know. He doesn't have that kind of experience. Exactly. So. And so that leads us into somebody who, in my personal opinion, has a shit ton of experience. And yeah. that is my man, Ron Rivera, yeah. with the Redskins. I like that. Yeah, I do too. And we touched on it a little bit already that because when we had that conversation, they were basically already saying they yeah. were going to hire him. And we agreed then at the time too that we thought that was going to be a good fit. And we still agree, I think, like we said back then, the team just needs somebody to really bring it all together, and I think he's the right guy to do that. So I agree. That's a really good pick, in my opinion, too. Yeah, I, I think that he'll be really, really good and really, really solid. Yeah. And that's what they need. They need a solid coach who's going to kind of just come in, be that foundation, that building block. Um, but that leads us into a team who has no building block, no foundation, really no coach or GM right now. Yeah, so the Browns are still <laughs> undecided. They're probably like the last team on the watch. They are. The clock. Yeah, no, they are. They're the last ones waiting to hire their head coach. This is the one that I have been the most intrigued by. I want to know who they're going to hire. Um, the Cowboys was interesting, too, just because there was a bunch of attention around it. But I think the Browns is the one I'm most excited to see who they end up with. Yeah, but I think the Panthers hire made me kind of sit back and be like, oh, I really have no idea what's going to happen. I because... Know. I mean, they yeah. could go after Lincoln Riley and pair him back up with Baker I know, and pay him out. Yeah. Or Urban could come home. Or, I mean, th- there's way too many. I, I mean, know. all right, sp- Josh somebody, McDaniels. Oh, he's still in it. Completely off the radar. Exactly. Like the Panthers hire because that wasn't even in the media that he was even interviewing with them. So it's unknown. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But the one point that I was going to make in this whole entire thing is I like what the Browns have done. I don't know necessarily if I like how they've just kind of sat back and let everybody take their coach that they've decided to take, but I like how, in my personal opinion, you need to look at this as I am trying to find the best piece possible for my team. I'm not trying to find the guy that I think I can manipulate the best, Jerry Jones, or the guy that I think fit well on paper or that I looked at him and I was like, ooh, this guy relates to me, Panthers, Matt Rule. I think that you need to sit back, you need to actually sit down with these coaches, listen to their game plan, listen to their strategy, listen to how they plan on really developing players, yeah. and then bring them in. You don't just need to hire them off of a whim or if, oh man, it felt good. Yeah. So I think I kind of like what the Browns have done. They've sat back, they've kind of let the owners of these NFL teams, 
you know, really just kind of make their whim decisions, and they're just kind of sitting there like, all right, who's the best on the board? And I think that they've had their idea of who their coach is going to be, or at least an idea of a few coaches, and I yeah. think that they're all still on the board, so I don't think that's really why they're worried. No, um, I don't but think I don't that they're know. worried at all. I think that they obviously have seen that all these other teams that needed coaches, too, haven't picked the people that they're the most interested in, which... I think, like you said, it's good that they've just sat back. They're not just going to pick somebody really fast to make sure that somebody else doesn't get them. Um, especially, like, in the Mike McCarthy case, he had interviewed with quite a few teams. I feel like Jerry Jones was just like, you have to be the coach. Yeah. And, and he's not going to turn down the Cowboy job. But I think, like you said, the Browns are doing a good job of sitting on it, not just acting quickly for the fact of not wanting anybody else to get the person they want and just making sure they find the right fit. Because if anybody out of those teams needs somebody that's the right fit, it's definitely them. Yeah, the Cleveland so, Browns need a head coach. They need that building block, that foundational piece yeah. that's not going to be transitioned every few years. Right. They need somebody to really bring that team home. So we'll see who they end up with. I'm hoping they decide in the next few days. Just They said Saturday. Supposedly okay, Saturday. Good, because I want to know. So we're going to find out who that is. But that's kind of the latest and greatest with the coaching carousel in the NFL like we said, a lot has happened. There's been so much speculation, too, around this. Just It was a kind of a crazy year for changing up coaches on all these teams. So it's interesting to see where all the pieces fell. But, I don't know, interesting pick. So we'll see how it actually plays out in the next year. I know, and it's also interesting because in the NFL, I feel like a head coach is a really, really crucial piece. Don't get me wrong, in any other sport they are. But in the NFL in particular, it's a very, very important building yeah, block for your team. And so this is really one of the first years that I've actually kind of enjoyed I know. really watching coaching free agency, which is a weird thing to talk <laughs> about. But there's been some interesting moves. So, But let's kind of lead this into a soon-to-come discussion for a lot of these new coaches, and that is the NFL draft and who they're going to pick. Because two new quarterbacks have just entered the NFL draft. Well, not really two new quarterbacks per yeah. se, but two new names into the draft, and yes. that is Tua yeah. from Alabama. So. He is gonna go to the draft this year. I kind of, yeah. I kind of like that. I was kind of sad because my well, my big pick, prediction. my big twenty twenty prediction was that he's gonna stay a year, go win a natty. But um, he didn't. You know, in terms of health, in terms of you know making that money and yeah. taking care of your family, and he's ready. Also, I, mean, I get it. I mean, I understand. I mean, he's it. already won a national championship, so what yeah. else is he gonna do? Get I mean, hurt again? Another one? But or like, get hurt again? Yeah. At the cost of what exactly yeah. are you gonna do that for? So I, I don't blame him at all either. I think that he witnessed this year just how hurt he could get if he kept playing in college, and that would just be really unfortunate for him if he never got the chance to play in the NFL because of that. So I think it's the right move too, and I don't think it's super surprising, but. It was just interesting to see what he had to say. But it was a huge pleasure to watch Tua play. I mean, arguably oh, yeah. one of the greatest, I think personally, one of the most exciting college quarterbacks in a very, very long time to watch and to just admire. And to really, really, to be able to just sit there and watch him do his thing and be a good teammate. I don't think you yeah. see a lot of that where he lives and plays for his teammate and lives and plays every play for, I don't know. Yeah. Just a, just a good all-around dude, a good yeah. story. I agree. So now it'll be super interesting to see where he lands in the NFL in the coming years. I know, but let me just say his stats real quick because okay. this needs to be said. They're unreal. At Alabama. At Alabama, 87 touchdowns, 18 picks with a completion percentage of 69.3 and a passer rating of 199.4. That's nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. Arguably one of the greatest statistical quarterbacks of college. So now my question, though, is, is he going to be able to do that in the NFL? Not because I don't think he's talented, but because when you're at Alabama, you're going to have literally the best talent 
in college football, True. wide receiver wise, offensive line wise, everything. And when you get to the NFL, you don't have the pleasure of having literally the best of the best at every position on your team. You have a few great players, probably depending on where you go, you might not have many great players. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that if you could keep up those stats in the NFL when he doesn't have the number one pick basically at any position on his team. Yeah, see, but I kind of jump to the opposite spectrum of you because I look at him and I'm like, man, that's a generational talent. He can put the ball anywhere he wants. He throws the ball kind of Drew Brees-esque almost. He he can really put the ball anywhere, anytime. Yeah. And so I don't think you need that necessarily number one draft pick. My worry is does he stay healthy? Because after this injury, I mean, I know from personal experience how hard hip injuries are and how yeah. how hard it is to come back from. And I was a kicker. I didn't get hit every single day. I didn't get smacked down on the ground and land on my hip every day. So I think my worry is if if he can just, his longevity in his career can stay based on his health. Yeah. Even more reason for him to just go to the NFL now. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely, I feel like it's a good decision. But yeah. another quarterback who doesn't need to be slept on at all because he has had, I feel like a very slept on career for some oh, reason, yeah. which is kind of messed up. Yeah. Why? Why Jake? Fr- All right, let me just say that. Jake from <laughs> yeah. from Georgia. He has announced for the NFL draft. He's a junior. He is a fantastic quarterback. Yeah, he's exceptional. Um, I think he's proven that to be able to compete in the SEC, especially when you're up against like last year's Alabama team or this year's LSU team. His entire team was basically hurt whenever he played LSU. Yeah. Man. And I think that he's still a super efficient quarterback. And I think he is like the old school NFL quarterback. I love it. That Thank you for saying that because <laughs> I agree. So also to just kind of reiterate on your stats of how great he is accuracy-wise, he has a completion percentage of 63.3, 78 touchdowns, 18 picks with a passer rating of 156. So no, he's not Tua. But he's, he's in my personal opinion, he's he's a different kind of Tua. He's a game manager. He's going to go in there. He's going to, you know, he's a Peyton Manning-esque, in my yeah, personal opinion. I agree. He's not going to be running all over the field, but he's going to stand there in the pocket, and he's going to be able to efficiently throw the ball um, at, a, like you said, high efficiency. Yeah. So I think, so I think he's as good as Peyton. No, let me just say that because I just said that. And I was like, eh, I need to jump back real quick. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I agree. I think he will do well in the NFL. It'll be interesting, like we said about all of them. All of this is interesting. But just to see where he ends up, too, because I think he really could have an impact on a team. I don't know if he'll come and be a starting quarterback right away, but I think he could be a backup for a year and then be able to easily transition into whatever team he ends up on. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's interesting. Like, I don't think they're the same, but... We were just watching the Texans, and I was thinking, like, remember when A.J. McCarron won (laughs) the national championship, and then he went, and now he's been a backup for life, which I'm a fan of him. I think he's great, but it's just interesting, like, some of these big-name quarterbacks that we had in our heads during their, like, college careers just end up as a backup, which there's no problem with that. They get called in very frequently in some sort like situations. So, or can I even jump to another situation where they get literally drafted and then they just don't do anything, but they still play? Hit yeah. him, Andy Dalton. He has done nothing but still played. Yeah, he still plays, and they've done nothing. It's baffling. I don't know. I'm not a Bengals fan, so no offense if you are and you're a big Andy Dalton fan. Yeah. I just don't understand it. It just throws me through a, I don't know. Early. It confuses me. So it'll be, like I said, those two have declared for the draft. We'll see where they end up amongst some big-name quarterbacks that are going to be in this year's draft. And I think a lot of teams who will be needing quarterbacks, too. I think this is like we kind of transitioned into a younger generation, and there's a lot of teams who have big-name older quarterbacks who are going to need somebody who can like follow them up really soon so what about like to the Steelers I thought the Steelers or even like 
if you sent them to the Saints or I could like that, but they got Taysom Hill and they I, as much I don't as think he is like be a, a quarterback. Though. I know, but he eh, I don't know. I don't That's think so. Pro- projection potential. Mm. No, not feeling that one. Okay, well, I mean, I, I'm I, not saying that you're far off, but I just don't I like think that, that he'd though. Be a no, no, no. I like him at the Saints. He, he, yeah, I like that. Not a bad choice. I don't know. It'll be interesting yeah. either way. I'm I think he's a great it. talent, but I think he has to get into the right system. Because if he gets into a different system that he's not used to, yeah. he's screwed. Because he's not—he's an athlete, but he's not athletically gifted like a Lamar or even like a Patrick Mahomes or for somebody like that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. But let's stay in college, jump to a different sport. We were watching some basketball. My God, this was a fantastic week for college basketball. I well, know. terrible for us in our picks, yeah, but fantastic in terms of like upsets and just all-around competition. I know. So the competition is actually really good, which I think we talked about a few episodes ago, too, because there's, I mean, all the number one teams keep getting beat. That just keeps happening. Um, but at the same time, like, all of the top-ranked teams in games don't always win. Like, you can't just assume that the top-ranked team, even if they're playing an unranked team, is going to win because the competition is super good across all teams. There's not, like, one clear winner for, like, who's going to win the national championship there's not somebody who's like, man, that team is so good, um, and they're definitely going to win. It's not even like the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the Kansases are even like exceptionally good. They're all good, but they're not like blow people out of the water good, and they've all proven to lose against teams they shouldn't lose against. Yeah, it's right? crazy. So, I mean, it's it's very it's interesting, which is I think it's fascinating because I love the dynamic change in college basketball, which that is it's not all about like you said the Dukes, the Kansases, yeah. the Kentuckys anymore. It's really about the whole, I think it's crazy. It's become more about like the whole team in itself and the chemistry that they built. And those few fifth year seniors are like, you know, like those guys that have been there for a few years that all of a sudden have just like this crazy outbreak season, which is maybe not for most of the teams, but for a lot of those teams, I feel like that's a big case. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's helped so many teams when they have some consistency on their team and when they're able to actually like keep somebody for four years, like Cassius Winston. Yeah. He didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. go one and done, and he's there and keeping his team super consistent. He's the leader of that team. He's what brings that team together, and it's because he's been there. He's been in that organization for more than just one year, and he knows how it works, and he knows how to bring younger players together, um, and he's like a leader on the team, and I yeah. think that clearly is the difference maker for the Michigan State team. He's Without a coach. Him, on, yeah, yeah, They wouldn't be that good. So no, I, I think agree. that consistency pays off for sure. He's a coach on the floor. Yeah. And that's hard to get a freshman coach on the floor. Oh, yeah. Doesn't really happen very much. Not at all. Never. Well, not, no, it's not true. Let's take that back. Not never. But it's no, very, no, very, no. yeah, it's very not likely. So, basically, we had some bad picks this week. We didn't pick the Texas Tech-Baylor game correct. We didn't pick the Ohio State-Maryland game correct. But they were both super close. Super close. And so, it was not an unheard of thing. To Can I say shout out to Baylor? Because yeah. as... As great of a program as we talked about Texas Tech, I think we kind of overlooked, well, we didn't just kind of, we definitely, definitely, definitely overlooked yeah, Baylor yeah. and the success of the program that he's Scott Drew has been able to build and just the, the way he's been able to recruit. Yeah. And I think keep players there for a yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So um, just shout, shout out to Baylor. I think yeah. that was a fantastically coached game, especially at Texas Tech. Man, it was a great game. Fun to watch. As a KU fan, I'm extremely nervous. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's what we talked about. Yeah. That was like one of the things that we said to each other was like, Damn, Kansas 
might not win it this year. But then you were like, eh, we've already won 12 in a row. We're cool. Yeah, we broke that streak, <laughs> so now we don't care so much about winning the conference, which is a bit of a relief. So on this same kind of topic, we're going to jump into our one and only topic of the day, um, which also has to do with consistency in college basketball slash what happens when players get drafted? And do we believe in the one-and-done rule is basically the moral of this story. Do we think that players should be required to go to college for one year before they can enter the NBA draft? Um, and just kind of our thoughts on that, because as we have heard, there's a potential that that rule is going to go away, probably closer to like 2022. But they're considering taking that rule away and just letting players go straight from high school to college the way it used to be. Is Braun going to get his kid to go to the See, NBA instantly? By the time Bronny <laughs> hits the time to go to college, hey. it might not exist. Oh. And I would Uh-oh. not be surprised if he just skips right over. Because we were watching him play the other day, and they were talking about all the schools that are interested in him. And naturally, it's like Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas, all the teams we just talked hey, about. Hey, Kansas was in the mix, though. Shout out. Okay, you. Um, so basically, they're talking, obviously, about all these top-tier programs who want him, but then they also were talking about how by the time that he's done with high school and he's graduated, he might not even have to go to college. I know. Isn't that strange? Yeah. And I'm for it. Personally, let me just say that before we even get into this discussion. I think that's fine. Who are you to make up a kid's mind? Why are you allowed to tell that kid, hey, you can't go to the pro, even though you are ready, you can't go, you got to go to college, and uh, oh yeah, by the way, you then have to go to school, learn about stuff that you're only going to learn about for six months. Because yeah. that's, that's the reality. That's what's going to happen that's for the them. the time you're there. Yeah. And then they're going to go pro. And then if they get hurt, they'll then go back to school and finish yeah. their degree. Or they'll, God, who knows what. But I'm just saying, then they can go back to school. Who are you to be able to say, like, no, nah, man, you can't go to pro even though you're ready. You can't go support your family even though you're ready to and you can. Right. you got to go make them support you for a year. And then you can go. Yeah. I, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't. I think that it makes sense to allow them to go straight from high school to um, the draft, but I also read something that was an, an interesting proposal, which was if a high school player is projected to be a top 10 draft pick, because that's where you really make the money. If you're projected to be a top 10 draft pick, then you can declare for the draft. But if you're not expected to go highly in the draft, then you should have to go to college for a year, which I kind of like think that. is a cool rule. That's smart. You don't want just every high school kid declaring for the draft because they think they're going to get drafted. And then they don't, and then they kind of screw up their own plan. Yeah, because then you have to go right back to recruiting, and then by yeah. that point you're at stage one. Well, maybe not, because these kids are already, you know, high high picks and, and high, you know, visibility. high so visibility, but liked, still. Yeah, I liked that idea of, like, they have to have some sort of clear potential and clear, like, high draft status to be able to declare, which I think is kind of interesting to do sort of like that one-off kind of like ruling on I think that's hard to evaluate though that's such a hard thing to be able to evaluate and say like hey man like you're gonna go top 10 so you can go to the NBA draft because like yeah. then you're pretty much saying hey look you're guaranteed top 10 if you go to the draft so here you go yeah but don't you think that's kind of better because if you say that to them then they know that they can make the right decision I think the unclear part is if any high school kid can just declare for the draft and then there's like such an unknown factor but I think if you could kind of guarantee these select few, like, hey, you have teams who are saying they're going to, like, at least maybe even just, like, the first round or whatever. They're going to go in the first round, then you can declare. But I think if you're able to give the kid that certainty, then I think that that enables them to make a smarter decision. No, I like that. I think that's smart. There has to be some sort of, like you said, there has to be some sort of certainty. That way the kid's not just 
kind of left out there to dry. Yeah, exactly. So I also thought it was interesting to um, note some of the players who did skip from high school to the NBA. Which before, is crazy. I know. Before the rule actually was implemented that there had to be one year of college in between and they raised the minimum age from 18 to 19. So just a few casual names. Can I just say something real quick though? Yeah. Without any of these players going to college, you lose out on so much as a fan, as a person who just loves the game of basketball, as a person who just loves just athletics in general and college athletics. You lose so much because that talent pool then shrinks. And no offense to the kids that are going to go to college after this and play college basketball. Y'all are talented, and a lot of you guys will have successful NBA careers. But you don't get to see those Zions, those LeBrons, those Kobe's, those whoever Shaq's. I mean, Shaq went to college. He yeah. was a beast. He arguably was a freak. Yeah. But um, that's a whole other story in itself. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You lose out on such a just vast amount of talent that you get to watch in such a like highly competitive very different environment that is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I know, and I don't disagree at all because I think that would definitely be something you missed out on, but this is why we also had a conversation in a previous episode about paying players sure. in the NCAA. I think if the NCAA can find a way to pay players to be able to support themselves and even enough up to a certain point to be able to support their families, then I think they'd be more inclined to say, okay, I'll go to college for a year, get the college basketball competitive landscape experience, and then I'll go to the draft. I think if they could make money in college, it would be a lot more enticing for them not to just skip right over it. No, yeah, 100%. I mean, LeBron James, who was the first person on your list, right. which get into your list after I get done with this point, LeBron James said it himself. Yeah. He had to go support his family. He knew that it was a financial decision and a business decision to go into the NBA draft and not go to college. Right. And I'm assuming that was the same for some of these other names. So like Chad said, LeBron James obviously historically skipped from high school to the NBA um, but some other names, Kevin Garnett, which I don't think I knew that one. I had an idea, but I didn't think I knew that for sure. Yeah, Kobe Bryant. Which I knew that. I knew that. Also, like two of the greatest players of all time, LeBron and Kobe, didn't go to college. So it's proven to work. Um, but then, once again, though, they, I mean, top 10. Yeah, exactly. If they had that rule, they would clearly make the top 10 rule or first round draft pick 100%. rule. 100%. Um, and then also Tracy McGrady as a hey, T-Mac. Houston resident, T-Mac, big fan. So those are some that are super successful who skip college altogether. But then I also thought it was interesting. Let me throw some of these names out there and see if you recognize them. Sebastian Telfair. Crickets. Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. Not Steph Curry relative. I was about to say, is that any relative of Steph no. Curry? And Quaim Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the biggest flop ever. I know. So there's also situations, like we said, where it didn't work out. But I think that's just the nature of it. But at the same time, if there was some sort of way to give some certainty to these players and to the teams in general that it would be a success, I get that, you know, you don't have to go to college. But you can also go this way. So number one pick last year, who was it? Zion? Yeah, yeah. How many years did he play in college? One. If he didn't go to college, do you think he would be hurt right now? Yes. Okay. I still think the transition from even high school or college, I think high school would be even worse than coming from college because at least in college he had the like stamina to play competitively for a long stretch of time. But I think coming from high school, I think it was just him transitioning to the NBA and the rigor that's required for the NBA. I don't think it's so much that his body was worn down from college. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I personally, I think that college takes a toll on you. And oh, I think yeah, that like... That knee injury that he suffered in college was kind of crucial. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. 
So I think we're going to put up a poll on our Instagram story to get your vote if you think that there should be a one-and-done rule or if you approve and like the fact that they're planning on getting rid of it. So make sure you're following our Instagram. It's Sports. That poll will be up right after we post this episode, so go over there and vote. But now we're going to get into our predictions um, because it's going to be the divisional playoffs this weekend for the NFL, and we definitely want to make sure we hit on those. So let's just get into these picks real quick. We got the Minnesota Vikings, 11-6, and and we got the San Francisco 49ers, 13-3. and Crazy game. I got the 49ers. I just think that they've had a few weeks to get healthy. They've had a few weeks to kind of just really, really get everything smoothed out. No offense to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. I just think that it ends here for them. Yeah, I think so too. I think the 49ers defense is too good for the Vikings offense. Um, I know I'm proud of Kirk Cousins for getting his first win, but unfortunately I don't think they're going to get a second. So I definitely pick the 49ers too. Okay, so let's just go to our next one, which is a hometown Shout out, Nashville. <laughs> Tennessee Titans are taking on the Baltimore Ravens. The Tennessee Titans are sitting at 10-7, and 7 and the Ravens are 14-2. and 2. I personally want to call the Titans. I would love to say that the Titans are going to win, but I just think the Baltimore Ravens won. I think that Lamar has had the Super Bowl on his mind since week one, since preseason week one. Yeah. And so I don't think that he's going to let this opportunity slip through his hands. I think that he has some of the best talent offensively around him. Mark Andrews isn't questionable. Mark Ingram isn't questionable, even though they're listed. They're going to play. So I just I think that the Ravens get through this one. I like the Titans. I think that their ground game is going to be great, but I just don't think they get through this. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Ravens are just too good. Um, and I also think that Lamar Jackson's not going to let another playoff game go by where he doesn't play exceptionally well. So I think that he's improved so much year over year, and I think he's going to lead his team with ease, basically. I don't think they're going to blow them out, but I think they're definitely going to get a win. Um, I just think they're super mentally prepared, too. Yeah, and I think the Titans are fantastic, what Tannehill's done, what Derrick Henry's been able to do, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to get through this one. I think that this is just too tough of a challenge in Baltimore. I mean, the Baltimore area is going to be going nuts for this playoff game, so let's just say that. So, all right, jumping into this one, this is a crazy one. We got the Texans, 11-6, and and we got the Kansas City Chiefs, 12-4. They were... They've been up and down so much this year. It's hard to really just pick. But I think that, uh, man, I would love to call Deshaun Watson taking this one away from the Chiefs. But I I like the Chiefs. I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan, big Andy Reid fan. Even though they choke all the time in the playoffs, I think that they get at least get through this one. Um, so I'm going the Chiefs. But also the Texans are just so – they're just question marks all around. Is J.J. Watt going to come up with a freaking – interception touchdown is Deshaun Watson going to perform a Superman play you never know so I think it'll be a great game I think that's probably going to be one of the closer matchups in the four games but I like the Chiefs to come out yeah I basically I picked my big 2020 prediction was that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl for the first time in tens of oh that's of hilarious years. that they're playing your team so <laughs> I guess I have to stay with my pick and be consistent and confident in that. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs, although I will say they have struggled at home historically, which is weird, but they have. And so I think it will be a close game. I think the Texans will keep it super close, but I'm going to keep my pick consistent and stay with the Chiefs, even though it pains me a little. I mean, I was born in Kansas. If you could see her, if y'all could see her right now, you could tell that she is struggling with this pick. (laughs) This is what, this is hitting the heart. This is not fun but all right the final game which this one kind of hits the heart too because these are two of our favorite kind of teams that we don't really root for but we root for if you will um so this is the seahawks 12 and 5 traveling to green bay to take on the 13 and 3 packers i think this is a huge game because one 
Both of these quarterbacks are the only quarterbacks in the playoffs currently that have a Super Bowl ring. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And then, two, I think that this is a big, big legacy game for either Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I agree. And I think this is really going to test the Packers, who have end- ended up with a bye, but I don't think they were even, like, super impressive or super great towards the end yeah. of the season. They still, you know, pulled it out and got that bye week. But I think it's going to be tough for them against the Seahawks defense. Um, I'm going to pick the Packers just because they have the home field advantage, and I think that Aaron Rodgers – historically does pretty well in the playoffs. Um, and I think also that the um, Seahawks offense is still struggling a little bit. So I'm going to pick the Packers, but I agree. I think it'll be a big game one way or the other for either team and quarterback. I think if Russell Wilson wins this game, he's going to have to be Superman. Yeah. Like literally he's going to have to like put the team on like he was last game, but I think even more. Yeah. Cause no offense. They, their offense is just so weird. They sometimes hit big plays. They sometimes don't. But I, I like the Packers. Or DK Metcalf, whatever you do. Or Tyler Lockett, one yeah. of them. But either way, I think that their running game has kind of suffered. I love beast mode, and I'm a big fan of what he's been able to do. But he's not Chris Carson or Rashard Penny, um, or, or the, at least not this year. If he was beast mode two years ago, maybe, or three years ago, maybe you would pick them. But anyways, he's not. So I think the Packers win. I think Aaron Rodgers makes it a statement game. I think that this is a a big-time statement for him to come out there and say, like, look, I'm back. I'm still A-money. I'm still, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, we picked the same team for all of those, so we don't have any discrepancies. Hopefully we're right, but I think literally all these games are going to be close. Um, I think they're all going to be super competitive. I doubt any of them are going to be massive blowouts, which will make them all Super entertaining, so it's going to be a good weekend of football. And we also picked every single home team. Good point. But usually the home team loses in wildcard weekend, but I think that the odds of them winning during divisional playoffs are probably higher. Yeah, I'm not, I agree. Statistically, they probably are. I don't know. We Somebody can fact check us and yeah. let us know. But that is going to conclude our picks for the NFL divisional playoff rounds. Some great games. Stay tuned. Be checking out our Instagram, ggtalksports. We'll be posting polls kind of whatever happened, crazy plays, all of the above. But let's just make two picks real quick okay. in college basketball. Said it. So we have Kansas, number three, mm-hmm. taking on oh, Baylor, yes. number four. I know. This game is on Saturday. I'm super nervous and not super pumped about it. I'll go first if you want. I got this one on lock. I know my pick, okay. hands down, easy. That's rock, chalk, Jayhawk. Oh, easy. Okay. I, I think that they're great. Baylor's great. I love the way that they played against Texas Tech. Texas Tech's not Kansas. Yeah, I That's agree. not the fog. You're going into Kansas's home. Like, Thank good you. luck. Yeah, and I also think that our inside presence is super strong, and I think that's going to be hard for Baylor to stop. So I'm going to pick KU, too. I would never choose against them, but I also do believe in my pick, too. I'm not just saying that because I love them so much, but I do pick them. I think we're still a well-rounded, better team, but I think it's going to be insane. In the fog, we'll be rocking. I can guarantee you that much. <laughs> but this is a second. I guess this really isn't a second pick, but this is just a statement that I want to say. Georgia takes on Auburn. Auburn is one of the only two teams that are left undefeated in college basketball. Ooh. I think that this could be a potential loss for Auburn. I think this could be their first L of the season. Okay. I'm a big, not a big Georgia fan, because let me not say that, because that's not <laughs> even remotely true. I like what they've been able to do this year against teams. They play competitive. I really like what the number one draft pick has in store for us. Well, maybe not number one draft pick, top First five, yeah. top ten if we want to go really, really crazy. Um, but I, I think that this could be an L for Auburn. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't want to say anything out loud, but I do kind of want to say that it did. could happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. <laughs> so he made a prediction, everybody. We'll have to wait and see if it actually comes true. But I agree. We talked about who we thought could lose first between San Diego State and Auburn. 
Um, and yeah, I think this could be a good one too. So we'll see how all these games play out over the weekend. There's going to be a lot of sports. Um, so make sure you're staying, staying tuned. And then it'll be a big day on Monday too as the national championship rolls around. So a few big days of sports. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that way you can get notified when we post our episode on Monday morning, which will cover off on our predictions for that game as well. Leave a review if you can. And also, if you're loving these episodes, we would love for you to share them with a friend who also loves sports as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and don't forget to go watch some sports. Bye.